This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hi, everyone. My name is Ocean Enbar, one of your hosts here at The Law School Show. Thank you all for tuning in today. In today's episode, we'll dive into the world of a lawyer turned entrepreneur. I'm excited to share the mic with our guest, Stacy Klein. Stacy is a lawyer and an innovator, an entrepreneur, and a leader. Stacy is now the CEO and co-founder of Auto Intelligence, which we'll hear quite a bit about, and also formally practiced as an associate at Goodman's until she paved a unique path for herself within the firm. Called to the bar in 2010, Stacy has a wide range of experiences both within and outside of the law. And thank you so much, Stacy, for joining us today. It's really a pleasure to be here, Ocean, and um, thanks for that really generous introduction. So to get us started today, um, perhaps you can share with our audience a bit about your early life, your adolescence, uh, education, and just the path that led you down to law school. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up here in Toronto. Um, my my dad is a lawyer as well. So I kind of grew up going downtown, visiting him in his office and playing with sticky notes and, um, you know, took a lot of inspiration from, from those visits and from watching him work. And my mom uh, worked as well as a healthcare consultant. And um, I spent my, you know, early years decent student and, you know, sort of very studious and went to um, all girls high school here in Toronto and then um, decided to go out to Dal um, for my undergrad, which was great and had a really great experience there, um, did their foundation year program, which was you know, combination of history and philosophy and sort of everything. Um, I really liked and still do love learning. And so I didn't really, it wasn't clear to me exactly what I wanted to do and, and sort of really fell back to those early years and early experiences. And my, my sense of kind of what working meant was very much formed by seeing my parents work, which I think, you know, a lot of us um, you know, obviously draw on our own childhood experiences to form what we go off to do. And so that was sort of where it started for me. Actually, quite a bit of our audience um, is a mix of law students and pre-law students, some of them not yet sure if they'll be going to law school. And I'm sure they're eager to hear if you might be able to recall that moment that you said, OK, I'm doing this, I'm going to go to law school. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's 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 a hard choice. I mean, for me, it was never a sure thing in the sense that I, you know, even though I had that background, I sort of saw, you know, what it meant. I I, I thought I saw what it meant to be aware of my dad um, working, but it it wasn't always a given for me. I didn't know that I was going to go and and choose law school. I actually. Um, had a very difficult time trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And I, you know, I have remember having my converse, conversation with my parents actually to say, you know, how did you choose? How did you know what you wanted to do? And, 
um, and really struggling with that decision and what path I wanted to go down. And I did decide to, to apply to law school. My, you know, where I chose to study, you know, history, philosophy, and it wasn't really easy to figure out how I could apply those to a profession. And law seemed like a natural transition of those subjects into something that could be more applied. And I figured, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm passionate about the law, but I know that if I go and do this, I love to learn. I'll continue to learn and I'll have a profession that I can always use and fall back on. Um, so I did decide to apply to law school. I got in, but I, because I still wanted to explore, I still really, you know, wasn't kind of all in on knowing that that was what I wanted to do. I actually decided um, to go to London for a year and do my master's at uh, the London School of Economics. So that was sort of, I viewed it as kind of my year abroad, my year to explore. That experience was fantastic. I, you know, just the chance to live in London alone was amazing and expand my learning, my education. And also, you know, I, I did continue to explore the job market and explore what career paths I might want to take. I interviewed for, you know, sort of the typical consulting gigs and stuff out there and ultimately decided to come back to Toronto and, and go to law school and came back and um, did my law degree at Osgood. And, and once in, once yeah. once once you uh, jumped into the the law school career, did um did that view change with regards to your passion, or did it kind of stay consistent? You know, it, I was really all in on what I was doing, and so that's kind of my personality. Once I choose to do something, I just go all in. So once it was law school, it's like okay, I'm going to do this, and I didn't really know. I do, I think law school teaches you a lot of things and I was really engaged in what I was learning and I really liked the chance to explore you know different um, areas of the law but I think law school I think for many of us who have, have been through it it's not always really a, a great reflection of what it's actually like to practice and so while I was really engaged in in law school I really wanted to see what what it was like to actually be in a firm and what was the work like and I think, you know, law school is great at teaching you how to think and how to be analytical and a lot of really great skills that you need, but there's nothing like actually being in the setting where you're seeing in real time what it's, what it's like. Mm -hmm. And so that caused me to apply, um, in my first year to some summering jobs. And I was fortunate enough to get my job at Goodman's, um, right after my first year of law school. Incredible. And I know a lot of students are probably currently dealing with uh, recruitment and OCIs and, and that uh, exciting part of the law school journey at, as they're listening to this episode. Um, what was that like for you? Did you kind of know that you wanted big law or was it uh, very much just following the path carved by the, the recruitment process? Yeah, I mean, I have to say that at the time, I think I was kind of naive, to be honest. And I just sort of went with the flow. And I, it was, it was sort of what what we did if we were interested in, in that. And um, I kind of said, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot, and I'll see where it goes. And, and that was what I did. And fortunately, you know, that 
that worked out in my favor without sort of a ton of um, planning or thinking. And I think that, you know what, I would caveat that to say that I really do believe that if I tried to apply for a job now at a law firm, I don't know if I would be hired. I mean, I was a big part of our um, student recruitment and my time at Goodman's. And as the years went on, just the applicants became, and the experience was just so impressive. People coming to the table, having um, done all kinds of things relevant to the law or not, but just bringing life experience and um, things to the table that I really didn't offer at the time. Um, so, you know, I think I was, I was really lucky and, you know, obviously had, um, you know, brought things to the table that they were interested in, but I think it, it's a bit of a different world now than it was then. And, you know, I think that just going down the path and seeing what's out there, you know, I hope that things have changed a little bit in terms of, um, you know, some of the feelings around giving it a shot and then not being able to come back to the table mm -hmm. again a second time. I think, you know, my sense is go try it out. You really have nothing to lose and think of these things as conversations and see where they go. And that was kind of my approach going in. And I think that's the approach I would take again now is um, it's great to go and meet people, to get your name out there, to get the experience and the exposure and take the risk. And so once you kind of uh, started up in, at Goodman's and, and started practicing, um, what was that like for you and, and where did uh, did Goodman's take you in the sense of your professional journey? Yeah, so I, I you know, I summered, had two summers there and articled. And what I would say about my experience at Goodman's is that it was so people focused, which is a really nice thing about being at the firm is that at the end of the day, it was always about the people that you worked alongside. And I found my niche sort of in the corporate practice and had the benefit of some really strong mentors who taught me from the very early days that being a young lawyer in the practice of law is not really just about and I'm dotting the I's and crossing the T's and all of the very detailed sort of edit work or kind of nitty gritty of the diligence and stuff that you're grinding away on. It is that, and you have to be really good at that. But it is only that in the context of the transaction, the deal, the clients, and what they want and what they're trying to achieve. And that you should actually understand what the deal is and who the clients are and what their business is and be able to read their financials and have a sense of the work that you're doing in the context of the bigger whole. And I think not everyone has the benefit of that and get it, getting that perspective. So it's kind of easy to get lost in slogging it out um, and those super late nights and the super early mornings. And I had a lot of those and being able to zoom out and have the perspective didn't always make it better, but at least it helped me, I found, to engage even more with what I was trying to do on top of just kind of trying to figure it all out. Um, and, you know, what I found was that that 
kind of advice and guidance and the fact that, you know, at my experience of the firm was very much an open door policy and partners were friends with associates and um, there's a camaraderie that existed there that allowed me, I think, to really think about the role that I was playing in a different way. And that, that I think ultimately informed my ultimate career path and trajectory and, and my decision to sort of shift a little bit away from, from practice. And so kind of jumping off of that shift, um, I know that you practiced as an associate for quite a while, and then there was a bit of a transition for you. Um, mm-hmm. Would you want to share that with our audience today? Yeah. I mean, it's really sort of following on what I just shared about thinking about the work I was doing in the context of, of the bigger picture of the transaction and the clients. And that was really exciting to me. And I really wanted to be able to jump into sort of that high level strategic thinking advisory work that I knew was coming down the road and down that path um, of being an associate and then ultimately making partner. I was always interested in the business side of the firm as well and thinking about, you know, really just the business of the law firm. How was it run? How does it work? And I kind of looked at at um, the time that I, you know, was spending as an associate in the work I was doing and that desire to really want to leapfrog my career into that ability to just be thinking strategically about things um, and combine that with this interest I had in the business. And I thought, you know what, I I know that I could definitely keep practicing and keep going as, as a lawyer and kind of spend that time and get to that higher level, um, partner level work if I slog it out. Um, and, and I also, you know, part of that thinking was knowing that I wanted to have a family and that, um, and I, I did, I had four kids and, um, and I thought, you know what, I think that I'm going to go and propose a new role to the firm. And that new role I felt would be really in line with what I wanted to focus on and achieve and think about, which was, you know, those big picture questions about, the legal industry and where I was going and what I was doing and, and be able to, you know, do that strategic thinking, high level, um, thinking and, and do that in a way that, um, you know, would, would also just sort of change the, change the course of, of my career. And, and so I did that. I went and went to the chair of the firm after thinking, you know, quite a bit about what I wanted to bring forward and why it would have, why I thought it would be compelling for the firm. And, you know, really it was just what I described. I wanted to, to trend spot essentially. I wanted to think about the business of the firm and how could we be nimble enough to lead or respond to change in the legal industry and beyond. So thinking about what are the trends that are affecting the business? What are the technologies that we should be thinking about that could help our lawyers improve their practice, make them more efficient, 
Well, then if you think about efficiency in a law firm and you think about efficiency in a law firm and you think about the model of the law firm, which is a billable hour, well, those two things are are, are sort of opposed. You know, the, the more efficient you are in your work, the less time you're spending on it, which means um, the less you are billing your clients. So if you're going to look at efficiency, you also have to look at the at the model of the law firm. And so that, you know, that was sort of one example of some of the, the work that that I wanted to do and think about and did actually ultimately have the chance to, to put my mind to. Um, others were, you know, really relevant to what we're talking about now, student recruitment, um, associate retention and engagement, um, alternative ways to work and work arrangements, um, DEI related um, projects and, and initiatives kind of the gamut of things that really were relevant to to the firm and and where we needed to go um, and, and innovation in general. And I think that that's quite valuable for some of our listeners to hear that um, you went from being an associate and then were able to take your path to somewhere that isn't necessarily conventional or at least not highlighted to law students as something that you can do with your degree while still remaining at a firm. And you went then from Goodman's to a completely different world, now um, a CEO and and co-founder of Auto Intelligence. And um, maybe you can give us a bit of insight about Auto Intelligence and we can uh, hear how that happened, how, how you went from one place to a completely different world. Yeah, and I would love to tell you about that. Um, so yeah, Auto is a platform for purpose-driven investing, and we're building tools for financial advisors to be able to understand who their clients are, what they really care about, what are their values, and then do a better job aligning their values with their investments. Um, so that's what we're working on bringing to life right now, which is fun and exciting. Um, but what's I think equally fun and exciting is the story about how I how I got there. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to dive into that. So I guess maybe we'll, we'll plot a, a time or a point in time, you are at Goodman's, um, you're a director of special projects, and then where, where, what happened between then and now? How did you, how did you transition? Yeah, <laughs> a lot happened between then and now, but yeah, so what happened really was that, uh, you know, I, I loved what I was doing at Goodman's um, and that role that I was able to carve out for myself was one that I was really engaged in. Um, I mentioned that I had had four kids along the way and I was just about to step back into the law firm after what I knew was going to be my you know fourth and final mat leave. And I kind of took a step back and said, you know what, I, I know, as I, as I sort of already said, I'm an all-in person. And I know that if I step back into the firm right now, I think I'm probably going to be there for the next like 25, 30 years, which, which really wouldn't necessarily have been a bad thing. Like it's firm, fantastic firm filled with really um, bright people and a great place to work. But I knew that I needed a chance to sort of go out there into the world and see, see what might be waiting for me or what path I wanted to carve. So I let the firm know that I wasn't going back and, you know, Maybe that's a story for a whole other podcast, but, uh, you know, there, there can be a lot of um, uncertainty about 
leaving one thing without knowing for sure what is next. Um, but I did that and I did that feeling that I had a, you know, kind of a safety net of, of knowing that Goodman's is a great home and that I, you know, I always felt that they would welcome me back with open arms if that was ultimately what I wanted to do. But, um, yeah, I made the decision to leave and I really did sit down and do the work of thinking about what was my next opportunity. And, you know, it probably took me longer than it should have to realize that outside of my work life and my home life, where I, where I'd been spending quite a lot of my time was on some of my charitable involvements. And I started to think about why that was like, what was it that was so interesting to me about that? And I realized, um, you know, that for me, it wasn't really just about giving my time or, you know, or some of my money to these great causes. It was about that, but it was also about this whole idea of moving wealth into things that had the ability to do good. And at the time, I actually had some money that I was looking to invest. And um, so I was exploring the world of impact investing. And I kind of had a, a sort of very obvious light bulb moment, which is, wait a minute, impact investing is exactly investing. Um, it's exactly, you know, all about moving money into things that have the ability to do good for people or the planet. And I kind of couldn't find exactly what I wanted to invest in, couldn't find the right place to deploy my, my capital. So I thought, well, hey, you know, maybe this is it. This is my next opportunity. I'm going to go see about launching um, an impact fund. So a fund to invest in early stage companies that are looking to um, launch a product, a service, a technology um, that will return a profit, but also be impactful and have um, uh, impact on, on do good things for people on the planet. And so I, I spent kind of the better part of, you know, seven or eight months just pounding the pavement on the landscape, the need and opportunity for an impact fund, who are the players, what did it look like? And I kind of got to the point where I realized, you know, I, I can spend another seven months, another 17 months, probably just trying to explore this. And I better just get the ball rolling. And so I did that. I, I took the money that I was looking to invest and I used it to seed an early stage impact fund called the good fund. And the idea was I would invest in, you know, six or seven early stage startups against my impact thesis. And then look to grow and scale the fund. And I did that. And, you know, sort of just before COVID hit in March of 2020, that was the time where I knew, okay, either I have to really grow this and make it into, into a big thing, or, you know, is there some other way that I want to go about this? And, um, you know, a lot of that tied in my learnings from my years in law, and I'm really happy to, um, to talk all about that. But just to sort of finish off on how that took me to, to auto and what I'm working on now is that that conversation I had with myself about really what, you know, what's the next step of this? Do I want to evolve this um, and make big or think about, you know, how I might want to approach this idea of shifting wealth into things that can do good differently? Um, I came back to that problem that I that I had that took me into the impact space to begin with, which was there I was, um, you know, 
with some money to invest. And really all I wanted to do is invest that in a way that aligned with who I am and what I care about. And I found that hard to do. And I thought, you know, I, I really, I can't be the only one who's having this problem. And I thought, well, if, if I'm not, and if I can come up with even part of a solution to this problem, then that might be a pretty interesting, potentially scalable business. And so I had really the great fortune of meeting some incredibly capable and bright people along the way of building a good fund who I knew would be interested in at least having a conversation with me on this, um, on this problem and potential solutions. So, um, I brought three of them to the table and the four of us got to talking and started brainstorming and, you know, over time, probably a number of months, we, we founded auto and have been working on it since. That is uh, an incredible journey that, um, that you've kind of paved and, and continue to live through. And, and I imagine uh, as a law student back in the day, you, I presume you could not have imagined where life would take you and, and where your law degree might have taken you. And I'm sure the audience is also very curious to know if there were any challenges or maybe even advantages uh, going to the space that you're in now, uh, going to it from law and from uh, corporate law at that. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right on there. It was funny, like, even in listening to the to the introduction that you gave and describing me as an entrepreneur, like if you had asked me when I was in law school, if I would ever be an entrepreneur, my answer would have been no. And even when I moved into venture, you know, I thought of myself as someone, well, I could be an investor, I can invest in other people's ideas and other people's companies, but I'm never going to be a founder because that's just not me. And I think that, um, you know, even generally the per perception that we have of lawyers as being risk averse, um, I do kind of meet that description. So I really, this would not have been the path that I would have guessed um, that my career would have, would have taken me. And, um, but I think that my, my work in law really has served me well. And, you know, for so many reasons, I think in law and in practicing law, but even just in going to law school, you really do learn a detailed, focused, analytical approach to problems and not even, you know, to problems broadly, but, but to sort of every task at hand you just sort of learn how to dive in in a way with, an, with a level of attention to detail that I think others who work in other industries and take other approaches just don't, don't always share. And that has served me incredibly well. And I, almost to the point where I've taken it for granted that, that that is my approach. And, you know, I've had reminders of that as I've, progressed to different, different industries and done different things. And, and it's been sort of nice to reflect on the fact that that training has served me just so well in, in what I'm doing now. And I really would have to imagine in anything that anyone goes on to do beyond law. And, you know, particularly, um, you know, certain things are just so transferable. One really good example of that is 
you know, diligence. It really sucks when you're in it and you're doing it. And it, it really seems like the most dry, boring task that you could ever be put on. Um, and I hope some of you are laughing because it just it really does feel like that when you're in the middle of it. And yeah, you, you definitely learn a lot from it. And, and it's kind of rite of passage. We all have to do it and go through it. I, I definitely didn't appreciate how well that would have served me in my transition to, to venture because really diligence is diligence. I think once you learn how to analyze companies and what to look for and how to have a you know methodical process to what you look at and how you go about looking for things, it can be applied to all sorts of things and it's definitely applicable in the world of venture to looking at, at companies. And so that's served me really well. And then I think just sort of more, more generally working in a law firm, you know, big or small and understanding how to work well with others and how to rely on different members of the team and how to serve clients. You know, being in a service industry, I think in, in general teaches you a lot about um, just interacting with people and how to do that and how to do that well. So I think there's there's really so much that that being that coming from law can can do for you in your career. I think it's it's quite exciting, at least for me and, and for sure for a few of our listeners to know that um you, you really you don't pigeonhole yourself with law quite the opposite it sounds like law give gave you at least a significant amount of tools and skills to go do something that from where we stand today as law students sounds like impossible to transition into um, and i'm sure students are also curious to know whether there was an element of um or rather a, a network that was built through your law career that was valuable at a later point or a reputational um, impact that you think played a part? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, absolutely. Listen, when you work in a law firm, in any law firm, because law really is more transferable than, than you think, what you will find and what I found over time is that the people that you are at the law firm with in your early days who are your friends go on to do amazing things at a million different places and you know when i was in my early days of law you know networking was a different thing like linkedin wasn't a thing and you know we were not really focused on business development and creating a network we were focused on having friends at the law firm and you know I think if I were in law school now, I would be more aware that the people on the other side of the deal of the other, you know, firms that we're working with, or even, you know, the people that we interact with, um, who are on the client side are part of your network. And those are relationships that you can foster and you can call upon later, later in life as you go to do other things. But, you know, even if you just focus on the friendships that you make in the law firm that you're working with, those do become a bigger network and open you up to 
different people, different perspectives and, and different opportunities to engage with people from, you know, different companies. And, um, you know, I, I definitely have had the chance to interact with my colleagues from Goodman's who are now spread all over doing all kinds of different things that have been relevant to um, the Good Fund as I was growing that and now to auto. I really wasn't thinking about that at all when I was in law school and when I, in my early days of law. And it's something that I really appreciate now. And I think I would have um, just taken even more note of at the time had I, um, had I known that, that those connections and those, those relationships would be so, so valuable in the future. Um, yeah. And, and to backtrack for a, a moment before we progress and then to some degree move into concluding today's podcast, um, you noted a little bit earlier that uh, you left Goodman's before you had a concrete idea of what you wanted to do next. And I'm curious to know if that you think played a key role in where you went or whether you think um, for individuals who find themselves in the same position as you while they're still associates, do you think it's important to consider a leaving uh, or is um, finding the next thing still possible to do while you're still practicing? Yeah, I think, you know, both paths are possible and neither one is right or wrong. Um, I think, you know, for me, leaving before I knew what, what was next, um, you know, in part it was, it was a timing thing because I was already, um, I was away from the firm on mat leave. So my, my decision was one sort of not to go back rather than to leave. Um, and it's the same thing, but, but, uh, I think, you know, for those who are in the law firm deciding about whether or not to make move, you know, you will go on to do great things. Like your background in law will serve you well. I think that people leave for all kinds of reasons. And if you're struggling and not happy and, you know, it's, your mental health is suffering and you're and you're just really not enjoying your practice, that might be a reason to leave before you find the next thing. And then you spend more time devoting yourself to figuring out what that next thing is. If you know, you're just curious about what else is out there and you're, you know, enjoying what you're doing and, and you want to continue to learn and continue to progress, but also explore. I think that's a great option too. I, I think that, you know, for some of us, the idea that you have to know what the next thing is before you can leave, you know, is one that I would say is, is false. And even if you have a gap on your LinkedIn profile or on your CV, I really think that it's a reflection of, um, of the person to be able to kind of own it and go into an interview and confidently say, yeah, like I didn't know what was next, but I knew that what I was doing at the time wasn't the right thing for me. So I gave my ch myself the chance to explore it by saying, you know, there's something else that's out there. There's something else I want to go and do. Now, listen, like that is always 
you know, take it with a grain of salt because job markets are competitive and sometimes it takes people longer than they think to go through interview processes and land the right job. So I think it's always worth kind of doing your diligence before you make any big decision and, um, and you know, trying your best to figure out what path is right to you for you, knowing that there really isn't a right or wrong answer. I think it's always just about trying to go with your gut and that can be really hard when you're in it and when you're, you know, feeling like the path you chose is the one that you should be on. Um, you know, I'm kind of here to say that there are lots of other paths and they all lead to really good things. That's wonderful to hear. And, and I know um, there are quite a few students in law school right now that are already thinking ahead, uh, sometimes decades ahead. Uh, maybe it's, it's beneficial, maybe not, but um, wondering if you have any tips for, for those students who, unlike you, are already thinking, uh, maybe I'll be an entrepreneur, maybe I'll found something, maybe I'll do this or that. Are there any tips that in hindsight you think um, would be valuable for them to hear from you today? Yeah, I mean, I would say don't hold back. Um, I would say go for it. I think that, you know, finishing law school and and continuing down the path of something that, that you've committed to and have chosen is, is probably a good idea. Um, because it will stand you in good stead. It's a great um, qualification to have. Um, but yeah, I think there's, you know, there's the world of opportunity for innovation is un unbelievably wide, particularly now. Um, and I think that, you know, for me and what's what's worked in my own experience is to sort of have a measured approach and really think through things um but but be bold and go for it especially if that is where where your passion lies i would say you know you and you know this sort of referred to this in in um in another one of the questions just about the qualifications of some of the people that we see at a law firm, I think that a lot of those people kind of did live that. They had an idea. They wanted to go and explore it. They either finished law school or, you know, took a break from law school and went and pursued that vision and built a company and then decided it wasn't right. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be or, you know, for a whole host of other, other reasons, decided to come, come back and follow um, the path that they were you know, originally going down with law and, and, you know, sometimes it's because they came to it with an even stronger conviction or, or belief in, in why practicing law was the right thing for them and help them to decide what area of law to go down. So, you know, I think in, in the way you put the question, you know, 10, even 20, even five years down the road, there's a long time. It's a long time. It doesn't always seem like it when you're in it, but there are a lot of years of, of working and having career ahead. And I think if for those who are thinking about something now, um, there, there will be time to, to pursue it and you should go after it. Um, and, and, but I would say always see law as something that can be additive to whatever you do. So I would say, you know, do law school because that is something you can always fall back on. Go get that 
law job because that will stand you in really great stead for whatever company, whatever idea, whatever other ambition you have um, and you want to pursue. It, I really think that that it helps. It's not a hindrance. And and maybe to, to finish this episode off, um, a question that may lead to an answer similar to what we've discussed already, but really eager to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you could travel back in time to talk to your younger self, be it uh, you as a law student or even prior, um, what is something that you'd share with her that you'd give insight on? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I would think that my advice to myself would be, would actually be to be more bold, to think that, um, to know that it's okay to look at things differently. Um, and I think I, I did do that in my career, um, you know, proposing, a, a, you know, when I proposed that, you know, the innovation role that, that I did, that was at a time when innovation in a law firm was kind of taboo, um, you know, innovation equal change. Um, that's kind of scary to, to a lot of lawyers, but I think that I would tell myself to, yeah, to, to not be afraid to think differently and go about things differently. Um, and that while law has such a deep history and there is sort of a way that things are done, that it's okay to challenge that in the right context and bring forward new ideas and be innovative and find other people that you can engage with and, and talk to about those kinds of things um and that you know there isn't just one path it can look different and it can take all kinds of forks and that following any one of them should be more exciting than scary stacy I, I can't thank you enough on really on behalf of the law school show and our audience thanks so much for jumping on today's episode with us and we all look forward to seeing where your journey takes you and, and, uh, and where auto intelligence goes. And perhaps we can even do a follow-up episode in the future. That would be great. Well, it's really just been exciting and fun to be here. And, um, and yeah, I, I think that there will be a lot of great lawyers out there who bring a lot to the world because they, they follow your show. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in, and I look forward to catching you at our next one. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and now on Spotify, or on our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook or follow us on Twitter for the latest updates. Human stories, new legal topics, and career-advancing advice right to your earbuds. Catch it all here, next time, on The Law School Show.